Hi there, I'd like to welcome you all to the first in the series of the Just Boxing podcast. Um, I've got with me tonight, uh, I hope I pronounce his name right, Ben Doherty. Um, yeah, hello, Ben. How you doing? How you doing, mate? Did I pronounce that right, did I? Yeah, just think of doubt, uh, and then just add me on the end, mate, for, for the avoidance <laughs> of doubt, you might say. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Um, first of all, we'll start with the uh, Canelo Jacobs fight. Um, what I wanted to talk about was um, how underwhelming the fight was, I thought. Um, what were your thoughts on the fight, first of all? I mean, I agree with you in terms of the essential underwhelming nature of it as a spectacle, Danny. It, it wasn't a bad fight, I would, I would like to stress that. I, I sometimes think we place great expectations on, on certain fights, perhaps not unreasonably when you look at money involved, you know, not just the photos of the fighters, but to view these things as fans, you know, whether we go along or... Or, or, you know, to, to watch on pay-per-view and such. But, I mean, it wasn't a bad fight. I think it was absorbing enough. But it was it was, it was was decent rather than remotely great, definitely. You know. um, did, did, did you think that, um, uh, I mean, Jacobs was, for me, he was huge. I mean, he, he, you know, um, but for me, he held back as well. He didn't seem, I don't know, he seemed uh, hesitant. And, and that switching just kept switching that he kept doing. He, he, I don't know, I, I thought it might have cost him a little. The thing is, uh, as far as the switching goes, Danny, I thought he had some of his most effective spells in the in the left-handed stance. I understand that he can't do it all the time because you can tell he's not an actual southpaw. But it looked yeah. like such necessity was having. He was he was nailing Canelo with straight lefts and southpaw left hooks some of the time. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, he, he did seem hesitant, and I, I also agree with you that he looked met on TV. He looked massive next to Canelo. I thought, you know, yeah. which we we can, we can, you know, that that's not rocket science. Given that we know what he weighed on the morning of the fight. Never mind the fact that by the time he got in the ring that night, he was probably another five pounds heavier than, than the, than the uh, you know the kind of rehydration morning check weighing. Cool. So, and I agree with you. You know what? Based on exp- going ahead of time, one might have thought it's best. It was to box Canelo because, you know, Alvarez kind of likes to come forward, although he is a, he's a good counter puncher as well, and he's, he was talking about how much his defense has improved. But we might have expected Danny to, to give him movement, which has not been known to strike Canelo in the past. But as yeah. the rounds took by, certainly in the second half of the fight, the one observation I made was that the one plus point for Jacobs is Canelo's power doesn't seem to bother him at all. So I think he needs to actually go go for it and stick it on him. You know, that was the feeling I had certainly about the eighth round. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like when, when I, I mean when I first started, when when it first started, I thought we were going to have a fight where it was, um, you know, Canelo kind of schooling Jacobs. I mean, the first round, you know, for me it was fifty-fifty. I gave it Jacobs, but Canelo seemed to be much sharper, much quicker. Um, but as 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 time wore on, Canelo seemed to to to, to gas uh, a little and slow down. Is that did you see that? People, yeah, I mean, to, to an extent, yeah, pe- people say that, that Alvarez fades down, down the stretch in a fight, and that might be one of the weaknesses. And if if Jacobs is really going to throw it all on the line and leave it all in the ringers, I think I think it was Carl Frotch who said he really needs to leave it all in there at this point, you know. I think that was the time for him to do it. And like you say, ultimately, he had his little burst, Danny Jacobs, but he was he didn't look like a man who walked through hell in a gasoline sports coat to get the glory, did he, on, on the night? You know, he came out with it, but... I yeah, I mean, I, how, did you, how did you have the scoring, Ben? What what was your score? I've got to be honest with you, Danny. I don't score fights the first time I watch them, whether I'm there, whether I'm there live or watch on TV. The reason is, I find, from a leisure perspective, I just prefer to watch the fight and get a feel for it. 
So whenever I score a fight, I do it on the second time. Um, that's all I can say. And I, and I know how, you know, disingenuous one's impression can be sometimes. I mean, I've just had a friend who's got back from Vegas who was there on the night, and he actually thought Jacobs had won, and he inboxed me to say so before he went to bed that night. And I said, yeah. you know what? I don't think anybody back here agrees with you pretty much, you know. And he watched yeah. it today. He called me this evening and he said he definitely thought Jacobs won it on the review. So, so yeah, all, all I could say is I didn't do a round score. Did, did you have one yourself? I did, to be honest with you, mate, um, I, I woke up. I went to sleep and then woke up. Um, and to be honest with you, scoring it live, I had it even. I had it one month, uh, one month four, one month four. Um, but obviously, like I say, I was quite tired. Uh, I was watching it tired, so I watched it the next day and rescored it. Um, again, I rescored it close, but I had it for Canelo. I thought Canelo just did the cleaner work. Um, he was the sharper puncher. Yeah, Jacobs won quite a few of the late rounds. Um, but uh, to be honest with you, like I've seen, it, I've seen some of the Americans calling it a robbery on some of the social media sites. Really? To call it a rob, I mean, to call it a robbery is completely ridiculous. I mean, you know, I, I, could, I, I just smiled at those kind of things. Yeah, yeah it was close. Say that again, sorry. I must admit, Danny, I haven't seen too many people shouting robbery. I've seen the odd one, but what I've tried to create, as you, you know, to a degree with my own Facebook page, is some sort of oasis of sanity where, we, where there's a kind of entry level of knowledge. We might not always agree certain of the new regulars on the page, but there's an entry level of knowledge and kind of conduct that is pretty much required on the page. Otherwise, people don't really get yeah. for them. And I, I haven't seen anybody on my page say that they thought Jacobs won, which is usually my kind of yardstick. It's quite varied. Yeah. Um, interesting thing, you know, Barry Jones, He, you say about, you know, you scored it again and you got it for Canelo this time, whereas the first time you had a draw like Carl Froch had, you know, an ending on the night. Yeah. Um, Barry Jones has got... He says that you can't do a rescore. He doesn't believe it. it's um, a viable option. He says, you know, once you know who's won the fight, you know what's happened, and you and you've taken in other opinions yeah. and bits of data. He says there's nothing. He said it's not genuine, and all, he said you have to score a fight organically as it's unfolded. This is only Barry. I, I don't necessarily agree with this, but he doesn't believe in the score and review. He said because once you start, he said you're not watching it the same way you're watching a fight which is happening in real time, and you don't know who's going to get their hand raised. So. I just tried that yeah. as a bit of interesting food for thought, you know. Yeah, it is. I mean, to be honest with you, the reason I tend to try and watch fights more than once, um, because sometimes, um, especially with, like I said, when I was watching it live, I got up early hours in the morning, I was quite tired. Um, sometimes I think you, you can miss it. I'm around that you, you don't necessarily, you know, it's like watching anything, you can miss it the first time around. Um, I mean, the judges don't get that luxury. Um, so, I mean, to be honest with you, the right, they don't do that. They don't get that luxury. But I mean, for 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 me, who's um, you know a passionate boxing fan, I like to see the right guy win. Um, uh, when Canelo fought Golovkin, I mean, I've scored that many. I've looked watched that fight many times, especially the first fight. Yeah. I mean, it's the first fight. I, I certainly don't think Canelo won. You know, deserved the draw in the first fight. I definitely think Golovkin won the first fight. His second fight, um, I think it was, uh, I can see the argument that Golovkin Nick did, but I think there was, there was a lot of credit in what Canelo did, and I don't have a problem with him getting the camera. I don't know how you had the both fights. Hello? 
Yeah, hello, sorry. Uh, lost each other here somewhere then. Yeah. What? Uh, <laughs> no problem, mate. No problem at all. No problem. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I agree fully. The second fight was way closer. Um, I thought Canelo adjusted in that second fight well, amazingly. Um, and the, the way he stood his ground against Golovkin you know, was, you have to give him credit for. Um, and, um, you know, uh, before he got busted for Pence, he, 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 he danced around like Muhammad Ali in that ring and didn't, get, didn't engage. Whereas the, the time when he was, the time when we were invited to believe he's drug free, he came through like a train and pushed Golovkin back. There was, yeah. well, there was an irony there, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I mean, do you know what? I have my opinions on that. I, to be honest with you, I mean, the, especially the way he walked in against Rocky Fielding, um, to, to, to put that muscle, that kind of size on in, in a three-month camp, like just he beggars belief. I mean, he must have some serious nutritionist. Um, personally, I, I, I wouldn't throw accusations around, but he has been popped for, for, for PEDs. Um it's, it's hard when you look at his physique and the ways. I don't know. The, the, and, you know I don't know. I, do. I, I like, to, I like um, to think that fighters don't do that. But, I mean, it's hard to... Exactly, exactly. It's hard to think with Canelo that he doesn't. And that size... I mean, when he walked friend, in against Rocky Fielding, I was like, what? I have a friend called... Uh, I was, I I was called blown away. Gowan, you know, this was a guy that was fighting... And, Today. Sorry, my God. He, he's a pretty knowledgeable guy who, who knows a thing or two about that area. And he said, you know, there's no way he's not juiced to the gills. He said when he saw him, you know, against Rocky Fielding, which once again, it's just that happens to be, I'm quoting somebody on the scene who's pretty knowledgeable and has a view on it. I'm still not yeah. sure what to believe in the whole kind of the medicinal area of boxing. I, I yeah. know that it's rife and we know that people keep getting busted. It's actually quite hard to think, you know, to list 10 elite heavyweights who've never failed a drug test is actually not that easy off the top of your head. But, um, you know, at the same time, I, the, thing that, the thing that I can't quite get my head wrapped around yeah. is that yeah. as an insider myself who's been around gyms and has been around uh, promotions and, and fighters and, and title fights and televised fights and I've, I've worked the odd televised fight, etc. I've been a fly on the wall and I've never heard anybody except one fighter with... with which I won't get into, but with one exception, I've never heard anybody discuss that and talk about it. Now, if you're an insider in the game, you normally know what's going on. I know certain people are asked not to win fights. I know various things happen, and I'm privy to them. The great mystery and the really shadowy thing is the whole issue of Ted still, because I still don't know who's doing what. You know what I mean? And you'd think by now I would know, but I'm, I'm, it's still a mystery to me, Danny. Hello? Not getting you now. I don't know if people uh, tuned in and can hear me. I can, yeah. I'm not sure why sometimes you're... Coming. Mate, one sec. Can you hear me, dude? Yeah. Mate, give me a favour. Give me a favour. Try taking your earpiece out and using your phone's mic. Try using, try doing that. Let's see how that works.
Hello. I'm not sure we can hear Bennett Wall at the minute. No, I think we lost all kind of uh, audio there, Ben. Uh, anyway, guys, we'll, we'll just uh, carry on for a minute. Hopefully, um, we get Ben back. Can you hear me, Ben? No? <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh, well, keep going. Um, talking about PEDs, hopefully we get back Ben back in the next few seconds. Um, hopefully, uh, he's... Uh, Maybe he can put his um, uh, his earphones back in and we'll go again. Um, but going back onto the the subject of PEDs, um, yeah, I think that um, we all think that Canelo uh, is due to the gills. I don't like to accuse fighters of that, but it's hard not to. It's hard not to look at Canelo and think that he's juicing the way he's um, you know come 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 across. Um, Maybe he's, maybe he isn't. I don't know. Um, but we will definitely see. Um, hopefully Ben gets his sound back in a sec. Uh, fingers crossed. Um, and we're back. Yeah, can hear me do? Yeah, Excellent, man. Yeah. Actually, that sounds even better, mate. That sounds even better. Yeah, never mind earpieces in future. No problem. Yeah. <laughs> um, to be honest with you, Matt, I've saved the, the previous part. So what I'll do is I'll just piece the two together, and um, we'll go. We'll go pick up from where where we was, kind of thing. Perfect. Excellent, mate. So we're basically on the, the subject of uh, Canelo and the PED use, um, and we were both kind of saying that you know, I mean, you know, a lot of people's opinions that Canelo is juicing. Um, and and has juiced fights. Um, what's what's your thoughts on, on on maybe Canelo going forward? Do you think he should move up to one sixty eight, or do you think that trilogy with Golovkin should happen? To be honest with you, Danny, I'm not overly bothered about the third fight with Golovkin. My feeling is if Golovkin couldn't get his hand raised in the last couple of years versus Canelo, who's, who's getting better, growing in confidence, and really you know entering his peak now, I don't hold out much hope for him in a. And I think I don't. I, I wouldn't say Gennady is, is remotely shot, and obviously he's just signed a big deal with the zone, and he's got uh, you know plans and ambitions yet to realise. But I, I think we we can expect him to be on the slide reasonably. Yeah, you know, 37, 38. Yeah. So I I don't think that's not the one that gets my juices flowing. If you'll forgive the pun, uh, you know, with the, with the third <laughs> fight because I because I I feel that Canelo will will win it again, and I don't I don't think it's fair to Golovkin's legacy to be to be yeah. nil one two against uh, Canelo, really personally. So, I'm, I'm not saying he should move up necessarily, um, but it, that's not a fight that overly excites me. The, the third Golovkin fight, we'll have to see what direction Golovkin goes in with this new yeah. deal. Now, yeah, how long with eight benches, You know, yeah, I kind of, I kind of do feel for for Golovkin a little bit. He chased that fight for a while, and Canelo kept promising that promising to take the fight when he was middleweight champion, and uh, you know. I'm not saying that he avoided him as such, but a lot of people do think Canelo avoided him um, when he was kind of destroying people. Uh, the minute he kind of struggled against Jacobs, Canelo was signing on the dotted line. But that's another story. Um, who is there anybody you think that can that can, that can beat Canelo at one sixty? Well, I don't say he will definitely beat him. 
Canelo has been known to struggle with southpaw movers. I'm quite friendly with a southpaw mover who fights from a yeah. way. So I would give I give him a chance, Danny. I mean, obviously, there's a little bit of bias there. Billy Joe's mate, quite a good mate of mine, but I do. I think he, you know. I, I think Billy Joe because Billy Joe's got a, a great chin as well. I believe. I know. I know. Some people might feel it hasn't been tested at the, at the highest of levels, but I think Billy Joe really holds a shot. We know the other things he does well, um, and he's yeah. a southpaw. So. I don't say Billy Joe can beat him, to be completely honest with you. I mean, I think Canelo is a one formidable, very versatile fighter in 2019. I really do. I mean, people yeah. are making the improved a lot since the kid that couldn't hit Floyd Mayweather. And, you know, I, I do think Canelo, even Julian McGowan, who hates him because of the, the juicing angle, said he is impressive, regardless of my personal feelings about him. He, he's, you know, Barry Jones observed on the morning after the fight that he's arguably the most complete fighter in the game right now. You know, so... I don't say my mate Billy Joe can beat him, but I think it would be interesting and competitive. And I think Billy Joe will go in with some of the aspects and attributes that could give him problems. Matt, to be honest with you, um, I kind of agree with you. I think um, Billy Joe has the tools to beat him. Um, the kind of one thing that I, I like that, that, that bothers me about Billy sometimes is maybe he's not got the, the power of somebody like Canelo or Golovkin, but he makes up for it massively with his skill set. Um, and Canelo's obviously in the past been been known to struggle, like you say, with southpaw movers. Um, he struggled with Lara um, and Trout. yeah, exactly Trout as well. Um, I mean, personally, I thought Lara took that fight. I mean, it was very close, but I thought oh, I had, yeah, I had Lara winning that fight in a close fight. I had no problem with Canelo taking it, but I thought it was very close, and Lara had definitely had an argument that he won that fight. Um, I always remember what Barry Hearn said to me immediately afterwards. I, I had a little thing called Tip TV at the time, and Barry Hearn was a guest just after that fight that happened. And when I said basically what you said, he, he said, "Oh yes, but but Alvarez is the bigger commercial animal, isn't he?" And then he, he quickly <laughs> said, oh, "And he quickly said, I don't mean it's crooked. I just mean there's a natural tendency to veer towards the bigger commercial animal." You know, I thought yeah. that was great, you know. But... No, it's true. It's true. I mean, you know, Canelo signed this massive deal with the zone. Um, is it a 10 fight deal? I think one of the biggest. In... I believe it was six. I believe it was six fights. I mean, one of the biggest in 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 boxing history. Um, you know, so he's got to keep winning for them more than anything. I mean, you know, you start losing, and that commercial value starts to come down in value, doesn't it? I mean, um, you know, that's that's kind of my thoughts on why why he didn't get his round raised against Golovkin. I mean, that that scorecard of Adelaide Birds. I mean. Like, oh, yeah. I mean, just how 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 can you come to that kind of scorecard? It was truly disastrous, and it's a shame that it was it was a female as well because it it, it brought echoes of the CJ Ross card when Canelo fought Floyd, you know, back yep. in two thousand thirteen, and and you know when when you think of two of the most memorably either completely beyond inept or, or crooked as hell cards in recent boxing history. It's a shame two of them, you know, the authors of yep. uh, both of those cards were women because it, it, it opens up, you know, the, the scope for that kind of misogynistic comments, you know, yes. well, they were yes. yes. no watching, they shouldn't be in boxing and all the rest of it, you know. But, but mate, it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not, a, you know, it's not an unknown occurrence with Kinnell. I mean, if you look at the scorecards that he's had over the years, uh, against Cotto, against Trout, against Lara. You know, he's had some ridiculous scores. And you think to yourself, there's always one scorecard, especially in big fights. Yes. I mean, there wasn't there wasn't last night. There wasn't on, on Saturday, uh, well, early hours Sunday, yeah. But if you look at, you know, his big, the big, you know, his biggest fights, he's always had 
some kind of a dodgy scorecard that, you know, and doesn't make sense. That is the one plant in there kind of thing. I mean, to be honest with you, Danny, I, I thought Koto beat him as well, quite honestly. But, you know, obviously that's done now. Alvarez has ridden his luck, uh, if you can call it luck, over the years. There's, there's no question if the, the possibility is he could have a few more losses uh by a lot of people's reckoning, but at the end of the day, he is he is where he is. He's still only, I believe, he's twenty eight. Um, it feels like he's been around forever already, doesn't it? But I believe he's only twenty eight. So he is one formidable fighter at the minute. You know, one of the best fighters in the world at any weight, and he's and he, and like you say, he he's got a lot of mega fights yet ahead of him. So you know, it's it's, it's on the plus side. There was no sour taste on Sunday morning. Uh, it was a good fight rather than a great fight, and uh, and we can look forward to what what's down the, the road for Canelo, you know. Hello. Yeah, hello. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I've got you. I've got you. Um, yeah, sorry. Um, uh, do you think that Miller was even a credible opponent for AJ in the first place? I, I, I don't know if he'd have um, had anything to beat Anthony with. Um, and I, I think he may have got banged out in the first half of the fight. But I think he was... I mean, I think he was credible enough when we bear in mind that heavyweight champions or world champions have always defended against... The kind of guys that um, I'm going to quote Barry Hearn again. Sometimes it's a special day at work. Sometimes it's an ordinary day at work, and sometimes it's a special day at work. But with special days come special payments. The only slight chink in that logic, um, as Barry said, it is Anthony was you know was getting mega bucks to, to fight Miller, and he was getting mega bucks for Ruiz. But I think he was credible, Danny. I don't, I don't think he. I struggle to see what aspect he was supposed to beat AJ in. To be fair, I think he sold the fight very well, didn't he, Miller? It's yeah. a shame. The, the, the shame about him falling out for the promotion, Eddie Hearn said to me, you know, he wasn't very important at the start to the whole AJ coming to America story, but he became quite important because he sold it very well, you know. But no, I think, I mean, I'll be, I, I think he's going to bang Ruiz out with him four rounds personally. And I don't mean to say that Ruiz can't fight because he can, but I still think he's going to, I still think he's going to be a relative sitting duck. Yeah, I think that I think that Ruiz is probably. I mean, a lot of people are shitting on Ruiz, but um, I mean, watching him against Parker, he gave Parker. You know, uh, I mean, it was a close fight, but when I look at Parker, do I look at a special fighter that could? You know, I know he gave AJ twelve rounds, but he kind of he kind of went on the run for a lot of that fight. Um, didn't engage a lot. Do I look at Parker and think he's a special fighter? Not really. I think Ruiz's size and you know he's, the distance between him and AJ is going to be a big problem. What are your thoughts on that? Well, one thing I will say is Mickey Hellier, ahead of the Carlos Takam fight, he said that Takam will give him a, a few problems and certainly wasn't going to get blown away early. He said because yeah. AJ excels and looks devastating against tall guys who are there to be hit, you know, on the same kind of level as him, guys like Brazil and Charles Martin and, and such. He said that. A guy who, who gets low is a shorter, stockier guy who gets low can give AJ problems, you know, solicitly, logistically. Mm. But, but but I was looking at I don't know I've been looking at Ruiz more to be honest with you, Danny, since he was got himself in the hot seat for this one, 
And he just looks like, defensively, he doesn't look that great to me. He looks like his chin's in the air when he throws some of those hooks. He, he can punch a bit, obviously. He yeah. likes to roll. He probably imagines himself like a kind of Mexican pressure fighter. But I, I don't know. To me, it looks, his chin looks a little high when, when he starts letting his hands go. Uh, really. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, we, we know AJ can punch. <laughs> and, um, I, I think Takam w- w- will be seen to have given AJ more problems than Ruiz is going to in, on during the first in Madison Square Garden. And also, we've got to remember that Takam didn't really win too many rounds, did he? No, he did. I, 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 I don't think I ever remember him winning one, actually. I think he, I think so, he can't... Go on, mate, sorry. So when we talk about giving someone trouble, we have to we have to qualify what we actually mean. Do, do we mean we're surprised that he's still there or do we mean that he was actually giving him trouble? Yeah. 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 Um, I mean... <sighs> The, what, what, what are your thoughts on the heavyweight division as a whole? I mean, Fury obviously was, was uh, you know, I mean, the WBC, um, well, did they mandate for the rematch? I think they did, didn't they? They did. Re- they, they, did, did ma- they, did, they didn't mandate it as such. They, they approved it was a distinction. I, they made, I thought they made it as so Wilder had to take it, look. No, they didn't. It, it, see, it's very confusing in this day and age, I find, Danny. People were waving that word around mandated, but what they'd actually done was they'd, they'd signed off on it as such. They'd, they'd approved it. They'd said, yeah, okay, we're, we're fine with that. But obviously, he didn't have to do that. I believe his mandatory is actually Brazil, which is why he's fighting him. It's very confusing, yeah. though, isn't it? Because we, at one point, we, we were encouraged to believe that um, Dylan White had that spot as well. You know, Dylan, Dylan, Dylan seems to have earned every mandatory position in world boxing and still not got a shot, you know, so... Yeah, I feel I do feel for him actually. I do feel for Dylan. Um, I, I mean, I suppose I suppose business is business at the end of the day, and and I, and I know people shout the word duck out a lot, but you know, um, obviously boxing is a business, and you know, fighters they they do live short careers, and they they do have to get you know the best deals possible. Somebody was arguing with me. Um, tell me what you think of this actually. Um, somebody was arguing with me a few weeks ago about um, about Fury not taking the Wilder rematch. Yeah. And my, my words to them were, well, you know, the guy had just come back from a three-year layoff um, from 27 stone. Um, he'd gone in the ring with Wilder. For me, he was robbed against Wilder. Um, yeah. And then he was offered, you know, a multi-fight deal of 80 million, you know, plus pay-per-view money. Tell me any human being on the planet that wouldn't have took that and and gone down the top rank top rank route and the ESPN route. Why wouldn't you? I, I don't understand anybody. Particularly, that's... yeah, particularly since you you know Ben Davidson said you know we 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 tried to to do it there where we went into the lion's den. Uh, some people have written us off because you couldn't really check, you couldn't really glean anything from Fury's two comeback fights. He only he got a ten round run against that Pianetta and and the, and the less said about the first initial fast, the better, you know. So. Um, Ben Davidson, the whole look is that well, if we're not going to get a fair shake and we're not going to get our hand raised, and we feel that we want that we beat Wilder in his own relative backyard, you you can see why I want as well as the money, the security of a of a, of a promoter like Aram on board yeah. and uh, and a television platform, your own, it's your own stake in the whole kind of corporate wars that is everywhere boxing these days, isn't it? You know, just to say, okay, we'll go to the, even though I beat him last time and, did, and didn't get the nod. You can't blame a man for thinking, well, you know what? I'll take some fights against less murderous punchers for a little while. He's not going anywhere. And in the meantime, um, there's, a, there's a hell of a lot of money on the table. You know, so it's it's a shame in a way that things are the way they are, that we'll say, okay, so your father who is 
his loyalty is completely ascribed to Showtime and Al Heyman. You've got Fury now on, on ESPN and with, with in an alliance with Top Rank. And you've got AJ who's on DAZN and Sky and he's obviously a matchroom fighter. It, it does make things harder to, to yeah. you know. And I suspect that Fury Wilder was so easy to make is because because Wilder didn't see Fury as a big threat. I Because I, I they made that incredibly easily, didn't they? And, and they stole a bit of thunder and scored points against AJ and Eddie Hearn by doing that. Because the, the message they were saying was, look, if people really want to fight, we can make the fights. And, and, yeah. and they proved it's true. Yeah. Once, yeah. once there's a little more to lose, I think, you know, this, I don't suppose, you know what I mean? When someone hits you as hard as, as, as Wilder hit Fury, there is... Whoever you are, there is this tendency to think, I don't need him again for another 12 months at least, or, or, or God knows when, but I don't need him next. Yeah. And when yeah. you get, when you deal with a guy that befuddled, you know, you like, like Fury did to Wilder, he probably doesn't fancy Fury anytime soon as well. He probably thinks he dodged a bullet. So I remember Sugar Ray Leonard saying after the first Durant fight, he thought, fuck that again. He said, maybe 18 months. First of all, he wanted to retire. Then he said, I'll fight Durant again, maybe 18 months' time, but just let me call off and let me. And then suddenly, it was only when uh, he went on holiday to Barbados, he changed his mind and he said, damn it, Jenks, Morton, I want that fight. And yeah. obviously, you will know the whole story that Jerem was blowing up, going to parties in Panama, going up to 12 or 13 stone. And, it, and the timing was actually perfect for an immediate rematch. But the, the, the wider point I'm making is sometimes you, when a fight is, is hard and both guys feel that they're on the, on the very close to defeat, there is this tendency to think, well, you know what? I don't. I just. Don't. I remember Chris Eubank as well said about Nigel Ben. He said, "I don't need him again unless I get paid a million pounds for it." He said, "If you want me to fight him again, set me free." So, yeah, you can't blame Fury. Um, and was Wilder doesn't have the same commercial options that, that Joshua and Fury have because he's not as he's not yeah. as, even though, which is ironic because he's such a big puncher, but he's not as commercial as those guys. It's a strange thing. It's weird, isn't it? It's, I, I was, I, you know what? I was actually discussing this a few weeks ago. It's weird how Americans don't seem to back their fighters the way, you know, the way the British, the Irish tend to back their fighters. You know, I mean, you look at Conor McGregor, for instance. I mean, he's, I mean, I know it's a different sport, but the way the Irish have backed Conor, the way they used to back Steve Collins, um, Michael Conlon, for instance. You, you look at a Michael Conlon fight, the amount of Irish, and to be fair, like. Especially in America, most of them are probably not even Irish. They just got some, some granny somewhere that's Irish. But the support is is not quite the same for Americans for some reason. I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get why. What, what do you think? It's, I, yeah, it's, it's a very interesting question because the Americans are kind of typically patriotic in so many other ways, but they tend to be parochial too. They, they, they're kind of patriotic about their position as the so-called number one nation, and they, and, the, and God bless America. But their sporting passions tend to be very internal and parochial, like baseball, basketball, and yeah. they're not really much of a national sports team, are they? You know, they, they don't yeah. send many. They don't send many teams out to compete with the rest of the world, so they don't have that sense of of sporting pride in America so much, even though they've got a lot of national pride. So, and and I think you know, with their their heavyweights and and, and boxing stars in general, don't mean as much as your Allies and Sugar Leonard's used you know used to mean to the populace of America across the the ethnic demographics and also you know if you want to go back even further to like Jack Dempsey in the fabulous 20s or Joe Lewis and his era and what he meant their fighters are as, as, are as big mainstream attractions anymore because because it's such a big country you can honestly get lost there'll be people in certain parts of America that have never heard of Deontay Wilder whereas yeah. you'd struggle I imagine to go anywhere in Britain where they haven't heard of Anthony Joshua you know what I mean and, and obviously we know everybody heard of Frank Bruno in this country yeah. and still yeah. has 
Yeah. But you you will get you will talk to some Americans, no problem. Any you could throw your a stick in, in various parts of America and find people who are not particularly familiar familiar with Deontay Wilder. And I think it's because, I think, like I say, because they're not necessarily as patriotic about sport as as, as we are and a lot yeah. of other countries in the world are. And because they don't have that kind of traction with the public anymore. Um, fighters still make a hideous amount of money, you know, more than they ever did. But they're not as, they're not as famous as they used to be, oddly. You know, over here and in America, I think. Do you think fighters are not as accessible as they used to be? Too. Do you think that they that they that they're, they're a little detached from the public? Or to be honest, I don't think that, Danny. I think if anything, I think they're probably more accessible because we've got social media, you know. And guys like Deontay Wilder, you know, I mean, I know he's an, an ex fighter, but guys like George Foreman will tweet you back. Sugar Ray Leonard will tweet you back and talk yeah. to fans. And I think. You look at Facebook, right? For instance, and you see those of us who are passionate about boxing. Most of us have got quite a few pictures with, with famous fighters and the odd legend here and there. And even people who don't work in the industry, like myself, they still have their fair share of luminaries yeah. that they're standing next to in their pictures. And yeah. I think in the pre-social media area, we wouldn't have had that. I don't think would we? There are more evening with and meet and greets now because they're easier to promote across the board yeah. because of social yeah. media. And I think. Yeah, because you can communicate with your favourite fighters. I, I think fighters are probably more accessible, to be honest with you. And, and I also think that boxing, famous boxers are still relatively accessible for the most part. You can go to a lot of... For any Yard, who might be fighting, you know, Kovalev for a world title yes. in, the, in, in the near future. You can, if anybody wants to meet him, you just walk down the Peacock Monday to Friday and you'll find him at some point training with yeah. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Whereas yeah. if you take the equivalent of a football team at a similar level to where he's campaigning, you, could, you couldn't access them that easy, could you? So, no, I, I think they're still accessible, to be honest. And I think boxing is quite unique in that regard. Yeah, definitely. I, I, to be honest with you, I, I agree fully with you. I think that, you know, a little bit of effort and you can meet there's most fighters, especially in this country, you can, you can more than meet. It's, it's the same with MMA as well. MMA is identical to that too. Um, I think it might be combat sports as a whole as well. Um, last thing, last thing I want to do. I did. I didn't say I was going to go over this, but um, I do want to touch on it before I go. Um, Spence Crawford. Who? Who do you think? Yeah, that's a great question. Somebody asked me today. My mate, who's just been in Vegas for Canelo Jacobs, asked me what if I was going to go on a big fight trip again this year. What, what would I? What fight would I most like to see? And I said Spence Crawford. Um, you know what? Um, I very, very tentatively lean towards Crawford for, for no other reason, not so much the stylistical analysis of how they, they're going to mesh with each other. I just feel that Crawford is the slightly better fighter, although I don't think there's a lot in it. Yeah. Spence, Spence put in a damn good shift against Mikey Garcia. He's shown a lot of aspect. He's very versatile himself. He's, he's a damn good fighter. I just think Bud might be a little bit more special. I also vocally calling the other guy out, saying that that's the fight he wants. Yeah. Uh, I think it would probably go the distance. I think Bud would shade that fight. That, that's, you, you know you know yourself, suppose they signed yeah. it tomorrow and yeah. they announced it for, say, three or four months' time. I, I'd be capable of changing my mind a couple of times yeah. as it went on because yeah. you do get a different feelings and you watch people train and you, watch people, you, know, you hear rumours about things. Yeah. You look at a bit of body language, at head-to-head uh, yeah. -head type style, you know, totally, yeah. uh, the gloves are off type scenarios, and you start you start talking yourself out of initial predictions. But my my first leaning is towards Crawford. Um, to be honest, to be honest with you, I I before Kelf, um before 
uh, Spence fought Brook. Um, I kind of thought he was a little overrated. Um, and I kind of, I, got, I gave him quite a bit of stick, actually, especially to some of my young friends. Um, and I attended, I actually attended the the, um, the Brook. Yeah. And I sat quite close. I was quite close. I saw, saw, saw the fight noise up close and personal. And um, he completely changed my mind. He can the, the top, he's, like his jab, he's just. I just, I was completely blown away because I, I, I rated Kel quite highly, um, especially in the division he was in and the size of him. I've met Kel a few times, watched him train. Um, you know, the guy is a beast at one forty-seven, um, and I rated him highly. And for me, the, the what Spence did that night, he completely changed my mind on the goal. Yeah, and I and I've, I've I got I liked him anyway, but I got new appreciation for him after the Mikey Garcia fight. The way the way yeah. he shut down a guy that a lot of people were predicting to beat him or to give him plenty of problems, and you know, I think he cruised it. You know, so I, I remember thinking maybe you know what maybe and he's a more natural welterweight. Maybe maybe he can beat Crawford. You know, and I still think maybe he can. But I watched Crawford go to work and do his thing against Khan. Sometimes it can. As silly as it sounds, it can come down to the less guy to impress you and leave that impression upon yeah. you, you know. And uh, looking at Crawford again uh, against Khan, I thought he looked a hell, you know, just the constant yeah. fighter, can box and can box, you know, can put the pressure on, can, you know, he's ambidextrous out of both stances. Yeah. You know, he's, I've, I've, I've leaned towards Crawford, you know, but the whole point is that the reason why we want to see these fights is because we don't really know and because they are spin of a coin type scenarios. And, uh, for me, that's probably the most attractive fight in boxing right now. It really is. I think so too. Well, Ben, I can only say thank you for coming on for the uh, for the first ever Just Boxing podcast. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. I've been wanting to to speak to you for a good good while now. Um, pleasure, I've, I've, my, mate. No, nah, it has been absolutely brilliant. Thank you very much, mate. Maybe do it again in the future sometime. Absolutely. Just give it, hit me up anytime with subject to schedule. I'm there, mate. No problem at all. Excellent, mate. Thank you very much, Ben. You take best of care now, mate. Okay, Tim. No problem. I'll see you Brilliant. soon. See you too, mate. Bye-bye. So there it was, guys, uh, the first in the series of the Just Boxing podcast. Um, I do apologise for the initial um uh, technical problems and this the, the recording sound um it is only our first one so bear with us um we will be getting better at it um as weeks go by um the, the equipment will be getting better uh, and our timings will be getting better um i'm hoping to be, be able to bring on a few fighters i hope you listen to us uh, weekly guys um because we'll be doing a weekly podcast um, so hopefully you'll enjoy what the the, the, the content of the show. Um, yeah, so hopefully guys, you'll 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 tune in every week uh, and download our podcast. Thank you very much for your time. Bye now.